Hello and welcome to this episode of the Spiced In Podcast. My name is Jacob and I'm your host as we go through the world of Star Wars. We have quite a bit of actually pretty good news this week that I figured we'd go through real quick before we get to the main topic of the episode. The first is the introduction of the new book, Star Wars The Jedi Mind. It is sort of a mindfulness and mental well-being book, uh, but in the frame of like Jedi teachings. I thought it sounded really interesting. It's written by Amy Ratcliffe with illustrations by Christina Chung and releases on November 10th, 2020. I think I might pick it up and check it out. It sounds pretty interesting. In addition to that, we had Solo come out on Disney Plus this past Friday. So I've not had a chance to watch it since then, but I'll probably watch it this coming week. Uh, it's easily the movie I've seen least in the in the whole uh, Star Wars canon. So I'll have to definitely refresh my memory on that. Uh, and we also had the final two authors announced for Empire Strikes Back from a certain point of view. If you remember correctly, we had all the other authors announced, I would say probably two or three weeks back. Uh, but there are two that are left off, and those are Katie Cook and Sarwat Chata. So those will be on the list as well. The biggest news definitely this week uh, is Thrawn Ascendancy Chaos Rising had an excerpt release. So much anticipated Thrawn prequel trilogy coming out this fall. Well, the first book is coming out this fall. They released the prologue, which I definitely read through. Got me really excited for the book. Uh, we got also got the Barnes & Noble Special Edition poster released, uh, revealed. It is Thrawn, all blue, on a black background with the uh, banners of the ruling houses of the Chiss Ascendancy. So that looks really cool. I don't think I'm going to pick it up. I already pre-ordered mine through Amazon, and the Barnes & Noble's copy is like an extra $10, so I don't really feel like that just for a poster, so... That is that, and the current plan for next week is to talk about Queen's Peril by E.K. Johnston, but if I do not finish that book, then I think instead we'll do a heavy breakdown of that excerpt next week. If we do do Queen's Peril, then that'll probably be the week after. That's my thoughts so far. The last bit of news I have is not so much news for Star Wars as it is news for me. Uh, I kind of made a purchase this past week. I ended up getting an Oculus Rift, Rift S. So I've been having a lot of fun with that, uh, and I played through the par- three parts of the Vader Immortal series. It's a whole lot of fun, and I uh, really enjoyed it. I'm thinking maybe, so I'm gonna I'm, I'm moving in about a month. Uh, we're going to get a much bigger place, uh, and I'll have my own office space. Right now I'm in pretty much the smallest possible like VR setup uh, that is like still functional. But soon I'll have my own office when we move, so I'll have a lot more space. I might do a stream of the three, uh, all three parts of Vader Mortal. They're only probably, I would say, like two hours in total for all three parts. So I think it'll be kind of a fun just like weekend evening thing. If you guys wanted to check that out, I'd probably do it on YouTube. uh, Just since I have the YouTube channel all set up. So I thought that would be fun. And then... I'll also definitely check out uh, Tales from Galaxy's Edge when that comes out later this year, and that is anticipated to be Oculus, uh, since all the other the you know the Vader Immortal games, which were also ILM X Lab, uh, are were also Oculus exclusive at first. So I'll definitely check that out. Maybe do a stream of that as well, depending on how it is, and just kind of share it with you guys and see what's going on there. Uh, but that's about all we got for news. So this brings us to the main topic of our of our episode. Uh, I'm really excited to have Rick Hardmeat on from the Galaxy of Beerus podcast. 
They are a Star Wars Galaxy Heroes and beer podcast. It's a whole lot of fun. I've been on there twice now to talk Star Wars with them. And we had Darth Darkett on the show back in May now for the Clone Wars finale. So I knew I had to brick hard me on his co-host for something. So we are here to talk about the old Star Wars MMO, Star Wars Galaxy. So sit back and enjoy the interview. It was a lot of fun and I hope you guys enjoy it. All right, so ne- with our next segment, we have Brick Hardmeat from the Galaxy of Bureaus podcast. Brick, how are you doing? I'm great. Thanks for having me on. Excited to be here. Yeah, no problem. Uh, we had your co-host Darth Darkett on probably would have been, I think, April now with the conclusion of Clone Wars, and I knew I had to find a reason to get you on as well. <laughs> so I figured we would talk about the first Legends non-canon topic of the show uh, and that is Star Wars Galaxies. Yes. So you have a big history of that game. Oh yeah, man, I love that game. I uh, it's probably probably my favorite game um, I've ever played. I don't know. I, it's it's up there. Wow. It's one of my favorites. Okay. So just a background for those who aren't familiar with the game. It was an MMO made by Sony that came out back in 2003 and like you know wow and it's you know contemporaries had like a $15 a month subscription fee it had three big expansions over the course of the game uh, and it came to its its dear end in 2011 eight years of a game i personally well 2003 i would have been seven so not really at the prime mmo age but i had a small encounter with the game my parents bought it for me for Christmas, not knowing what it was. They're like, oh, it's Star Wars. It's on the computer. He'll love it. And then they like installed it and saw saw you had to pay $15 a month, and they uh, noped out of that real quick. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, oh, really? Nope, we're taking that back. So actually, oh, that's funny. instead, man. I got KOTOR, KOTOR, Knights of the Republic, this exact copy right nice. here. Nice. Hey, not a bad trade-off, so, man. Yeah. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, I actually so, have great game there. I have my uh, Star Wars Galaxies uh, special edition. Nice, as you can see wow. Yeah. All right. So yeah, I mean, we we both came out on top, really. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah, I know you've talked about it a little bit on on the uh, your your podcast, so I figured I'd come have you here to talk about it more and uh, yeah, see what your experience was with that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and in true Galaxy of Beerus. Uh, fashion. I don't know if you came from one, but I have a beer with me. Nice. I don't. I'm lame, dude. Oh. This is a uh, I, 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 a little behind the curtain of the Galaxy of Bureaus podcast. I typically drink um, only every other weekend um, oh, because okay. I have no wow. self-control, so I uh, <laughs> have to limit myself. Understandable. <laughs> All right. Well, I will... I got a uh, barley wine, so it'll be enough for both okay, of us. Okay, perfect. I will live um, vicariously through you. I realized I've been saying vicariously for all my life, and it's, mm. that's not the word. That's not it. Vicarious. I think my my big thing like uh, along those lines is I always say both instead of both. Okay, both. Throw an L, throw an L, L yeah. Yeah. Weird's a word. Well, <laughs> yeah, that's fine. That's, that was actually perfect. Totally intentional. <laughs> right. Yep. All right. So about the game, you've yeah you've talked about it a few times on Galaxy Beers. I feel like yeah. Uh, so yeah, we, I mentioned earlier, but there's three major expansions in the game. You had a jump to light speed, rage of the Wookiees and the trial of Obi-Wan. So like, I don't know, was there any point where you really felt the game like had a huge shift that was noticeable for you? Um, you know, I truthfully, I played the game at launch. Um, I started 
and didn't know what I was doing. Um, this is the first real MMO that I had played up to this point. Um, mm-hmm. It was. It definitely was. Yep. Because after I played this one, then I kind of dipped my toe in the water with EverQuest. And um, this was the first one. And um, I played all up until the they released a combat upgrade. And that is when I dipped out. So I didn't. I never actually played any of the expansions. I didn't get that far. Wow. Yeah. So I missed out on all of that. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So and I feel like I just I skipped a step. How like how do you, yeah you said you started at launch. How'd you get into the game? It was just like see with Star Wars and it's like I want to do that. You or? know, it's it's a funny story. Um, I in high school I had a group of friends and we were all just huge Star Wars fans and there was a mention of this game and I think it was in probably like Game Informer or something like that where they were teasing that it was coming out and everybody was like, oh my God, Star Wars, this is awesome. And this was a long time before I think it actually came out. I want to say over a year. Um, But Mm -hmm. we were just like so, so excited and we were all talking about, oh yeah, I'm going to get it. We're going to play together. We can play Star Wars together online. This is going to be great. And the game released and I bought it. I was prepared and no one else, none of my friends bought it. So I was just the sole person playing the game. But, you know, it's a social game. So I really wasn't alone, but none of my friends, right. none of my friends um, lived up on their end um, of the bet or the, the, the deal, I guess. Um, but yeah, so I started playing and had to quickly upgrade my computer multiple times because our family computer was not up to up to snuff. It was rough, man, starting out. Yeah, I feel that. It was like with, uh, was it uh, Star Wars The Old Republic MMO that came out probably, what, like 2011 maybe, something like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. I remember I remember it's like, well, because I played the first KOTOR. I, I had not played the second one at that point, but I saw this come out. I'm like, this is the coolest thing ever. I love games. And I love Old Republic. I'll like get this game. And I read the books leading up to it and everything. Yeah. And then, yeah, my, my, my family computer is like, saw that game. It's like, yeah, that's going to be a hard no for me. <laughs> Yeah, I remember I remember specifically playing Star Wars Galaxies and when you start out in the game, you start out in a it's like a a hospital um in the game and there's like, you know, those what are they? The cryo chamber or whatever, I don't know what you call them. Mm-hmm. Um but you uh you walk out and then you're in this you're in this city. I think I was in on Naboo, so probably Feed. And I just remember being so choppy. It was just like, you know, freezing for 5 seconds. And then my guy's running into a wall, you know, freeze for another 10 seconds. Like, it was just horrible. We had horrible internet and just a horrible computer. Was not gaming prepared at all. It was horrible. Right. Yeah, and that was, like, the thing with the thing with uh, the Old Republic is before the game, even before the game came out, they had, like, these insanely beautiful, like, cinematic trailers and stuff like mm-hmm. that. I don't know if you remember seeing those. No, I didn't it's see them. It was, like, them. these awesome, fun, like, these beautiful cinematics of, like, these uh, fights because, like, the kind of the catalyst for the game was like there was a sith invasion on like the jedi temple oh yeah yeah so yeah. you have I did like see those yes yeah so you have these giant fights going down and i'm pretty sure that it was like a pre-rendered video that ran in the game that started it so like i like booted up the game and i see this great cinematic and it's amazing and beautiful and it's running smoothly and then like the actual game starts and it's like five fps <laughs> right Ooh, this is not gonna work <laughs> i know it's rough I have upgraded my computer multiple times playing that game, and still, even at, at the, my zenith playing the game, they had um, they had some pretty bad uh, server issues um, because it yeah. was a very ambitious game, and they had not figured out I don't think the infrastructure for it to make it um, you know a very enjoyable experience for the player. 
Um, especially in highly populated areas with big events, it was just a slog. Yeah, online gaming was a little bit of a different landscape in 2003. Oh yeah, so. for sure, for sure. This was and this was incredibly inventive for the for the genre. I think probably one of the most influential in gaming history, especially for online gaming. I would hate, I would say yeah, down. I don't think WoW was till like 2005. No, right? it, yeah, that was uh, that was after. Yep. I think Ultima Online was a thing, and maybe EverQuest were... Yeah, EverQuest was around, yeah. but... So, yeah, and part of, you know, part of the big thing with MMOs is the community aspect of that. So, do you have any, like, fun stories that you had, like, with your guild that you want to share? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, my uh, my guild, um, I was I was a big PvP player, so that was my, my wheelhouse. Um, I wasn't so much into the, the PvE, I just wanted to get... Cool weapons, cool armor, and and fight other people. Um, so the guild that I was in um, was called the Shadow Empire. S E. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very, very original and cool. <laughs> but we uh, we were a PvP specific guild, and those weren't very common um, in the game at the time. And um, we were just very highly skilled. Um, our our we're, our knowledge of the game was pvp oriented and in this game um you have to kind of think about it in terms of um like you said this was in the infancy stages of online gaming so um you know the the user interface wasn't uh super friendly didn't tell you exactly what you needed to do to unlock said profession that would help you do x y and z so a lot of it was self-discovered or just within the guild chat we would just you know trade ideas um trade concepts and give each other weapons and armor and it's like being part of the guild, we were we had access to these really strong weapons, and um, so we were just this really like maxed out PvP guild, and we just owned Tatooine. That that was our home base. Um, <laughs> we were a um, an imperial guild, so you have to pick. You can pick a faction, and we uh-huh. were we picked specifically Tatooine because um, that was a heavily rebel populated um, planet for the most part, um, and where we were in an um, is it Best Bestine? Is that a city on Tatooine? Uh, whew, I don't know. I, I think so. Like the only ones I can think of are like the most Espas, most Isley. Okay. Uh, you, you're probably. I think right, it is Bestine, but, but um, it's it was in pretty close proximity to Anchorhead, which is a huge Rebel stronghold. Um, so we were always outnumbered by Rebels, and we were just so efficient and such like a, a well um, well choreographed and strategized group that we could just you know, over, overcome the, you know, insurmountable seeming numbers of rebels coming at us. So that was fun. You know, we were just had a reputation as being, you know, this really strong Imperial guild. We were even hired at one point by, um, you know, certain merchants of Imperial towns to, you know, save them from rebel invaders and things like that. So it, (laughs) it was really cool. Yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun. And you are correct. Bestine is a city. Okay. Uh, shortly, uh, apparently, uh, Obi Wan and Luke Skywalker stayed the night there on their way to Mos Eisley oh. from the Lars Homestead. Interesting. So, there you go. But yes. So yeah, and you're talking about your guild, and, and so is Tatooine like one of your favorite worlds to spend time on, just because of the guild interaction, or do you have other places you like to visit a yeah, lot? Yeah, I think like the the big, probably the most common and most heavily, uh, the most time that I spent. In, in the on a, a certain planet was probably Tatooine and Naboo. Those were the two most. That's where all the people were, you know, and and, and AKA uh-huh. the players. I mean, in, in my world in the game, that's who I wanted to to be around because that's who I wanted to kill and and, and compete against. 
But um, right. honestly, like probably my some of my favorite planets to visit or to uh, do farming to try to increase my, uh, you know, build my character's levels and, and max out my professions uh, was actually like Dantooine was a really cool planet. Um, they had like really cool wildlife. The thing about the game is it was an open world game. So, um, open world, even in a bigger context than world of Warcraft or other, you know, contemporary MMOs, probably more, more like, um, like Skyrim, I would say, um, except much, (laughs) much less polished and, um, pretty raw. Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, Dantooine was a lot of fun. I liked Locke as well. Um, that was the home of um, the pirate Nim. Are you familiar at all, or maybe that was just in the? It's, it sounds vaguely familiar, yeah. but I'm not. I was like, I read like a decent amount of legend stuff, but it's always like very like concentrated in certain areas. So there's a lot of stuff I missed. Okay, yeah, there was a. It was a pretty cool, uh, desolate planet with like poisonous lakes and, sh- and stuff like that, and um, really cool mm-hmm. um, creatures on the planet. Um, like they had uh, these Vesp lizards, who were like these massive. Lizards you'd have to fight, but um, I, when I think of the game, a lot of times I think of those kind of more obscure planets, and of course, Dathomir was a super cool planet on the game. Right. Um, I mean, you have Night Sisters roaming around, super creepy, eerie, uh, foggy, just this nasty, desolate planet full of swamps, and uh, you know, of course, home of the Rancor. So, um, really cool planet. Yeah. If uh, if any of the the listeners, if you played. Jedi Fallen Order, uh, Dantooine, or not Dantooine, uh, Dathomir is a really heavy, heavily featured planet in that. It is very similar, just really creepy vibe. You got the Night Sisters and the Night Brothers, and the game takes place after the ma- they were massacred by Grievous. Ah. So, yeah. That's cool. Really cool. I didn't realize that. But, it gives me, makes me want to yeah. play that a little bit. It, it's a fun game if you have the time. Uh, and it's, yeah, PS4, Xbox One pc so it is if you're into the dark soulsy type games it's really fun and even if you're not you can turn it on like basically story mode difficulty where you kind of just walk through the whole game and just experience like the story oh nice so you you kind of spoke a little bit about it when you're talking about your guild and how you guys like work together to advance can you like you talked this was i got this from your galaxy of beers podcast but can you describe the insane process that it was to become a jedi because it like yeah when you told that story it just seemed like i'm like how in the world could anyone think this was a good idea? Yeah, so um, I think I and this is the funny thing. I know I have some of the details right, but I never I never tried to become force sensitive to become a Jedi. So um, I just mm-hmm. most of the stuff that I've heard is from other players in the game, and and like we talked about earlier, um, there was no real um, strong secondary tools to use in the game. Like in World of Warcraft in the early days, you had secondary websites you could use, like um, Thoughtbot um, was one of the websites you could use that told you about um, certain quests, how to get them done, coordinates of where the, you know, where the the quests um, end, and you know, etc. In this game, we had none of that. So, um, you know, you're just basically exchanging information directly from person to person or from guild to guild. So, um, geez, what were we talking about? I'm sorry, I lost my train of thought. Becoming, becoming a force. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, got character. it, got it. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the way that I understood it, so there was 30 different professions in the game. And um, that ranged from, you know, very basic, um, very basic professions like a marksman, a scout, a medic. And then there was hybrid professions that were, um, or more advanced professions, like you could be a pistolier in the marksman specialization or a Terrascasi master, which is uh, part of the brawler um 
the starting class. So um, then there was even more obscure ones like you could be a an entertainer, you could be a, a dancer or a musician or a Wookiee hairdresser. That was always how they kind of featured the game is you could be a Wookiee hairdresser, you know. So um, and that's what was cool about the game. There were so many different paths you could take. But to become force sensitive, you had to master. I think it was a, a minimum of four different classes and it, it was random. So you could potentially have to master all 30 classes in order to become force sensitive. And that wasn't even to become a Jedi. That's just to become force sensitive in the game to then eventually learn uh, force techniques or, you know, learn the Jedi ways. Um, but actually I was reading up on it before um, the pod or before we started recording. And there was actually, there's actually a guide because this game you can still play now. They have um, emulators that are running for the game. Uh-huh. And um, there's some pretty good guides out there how to, how to do it. So you have to earn um, badges in the game to get just to unlock the force sensitivity. So there's a profession badge, which I, I believe is you know what you had to do to try to master these, these different professions. Um, content badges. So you had to visit um, specific theme parks, they call them in the games and um, earn these different missions and things like that. Um, but then you had to visit like all of the points of interest in the game as well. So there's like an ancient uh, crate dragon skeleton you had to visit. Um, you had to uh, uh, go to the great pit of uh, Corcoon um, on Tatooine, um, Fort Tuscan. So you basically, in essence, what you had to do is you had to do everything in the game, essentially, just to become force sensitive. And it took this took weeks, if not months, just to unlock the ability to be force sensitive. And then once you became force sensitive, then you had to start your grind as a Jedi. You had to work up all your powers. And meanwhile, you could be hunted by bounty hunters. They could actually put real bounties on you in the game. And when they killed you, if they killed you, you it's permadeath so you would have to lose you would lose everything you just did and you have to start over on that character uh, so yeah it was crazy and, and and i think that was one of the best parts about the game is that the consequences were real like even when you defeated another player um in most mmos it's kind of no, no harm no foul like you know they resurrect back at the spawn point with full health you know their armor's fine or maybe you have to go get it repaired but it's back to you know, pre-fight condition, essentially. In this game... Right, you might just lose a little gold or something like yeah, that. Yeah, something in- insignificant. In this game, when you died, your all of your equipment that was equipped on you at the time took a uh, durability loss and could not be repaired. You could you could repair it, but it was there was like a probability of it returning to somewhat of its, you know, pre-damaged condition. And that was just... That was a low probability. So most of the time... You know, you lost that effectiveness of that weapon or that piece of armor permanently. Um, so the consequences consequences were real. Yeah, that's crazy. It's like when you're first starting saying, you know, like, it could take you weeks or months. I'm like, that's insane. But then I also spend like, you know, how much how much time, how many months do you spend trying to get gas in Galaxy oh, of right. Heroes? Six months. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah, right, six months. But then you're like, but then it's permanent death. It's like, all right, so imagine you're trying to get gas for six months, but if you lose a GAC round at any point, you lose all of your progress. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, and other, all right, I guess, and I'm, other players, I guess I'm just like sticking with shock T clones or something. Yeah, I exactly. Know. I have a backup plan because, you know, um, and, and then the other thing is players were incentivized to do it. You know, players that were bounty hunters, I mean, that was, that was what they wanted to do. They wanted the highest bounty right. to kill the toughest player. You know, and uh, yeah, you you always had a target on your back as a Jedi in the game. 
Yeah, like, it makes sense that, you know, everyone's going to want to become a Jedi or Sith or whatever. Like, everyone's going to want to have force, force powers, so you got to make it hard to get, mm-hmm. but that just seems insane. Yeah, it was a lot. And, and it was funny, too, because, you know, the Jedi, not only did they have to, um, you know, be secretive with um, their whereabouts, you know, a lot of times... You, you wouldn't see them around. You knew they existed. They were like a legend in the game. There was only, And there could only be a certain amount of Jedi on each server, too. Um, wow. So in order to you know keep under the radar away from people, they would be grinding experience in these really obscure planets. You know, um, gosh, what was one of I just uh, there was just a random planet. Talus. That was one. People that would grind okay. like on Talus in the middle of nowhere, like nowhere near a spaceport, anywhere, just. And, you know, fighting something, some obscure monster, hoping that they can beat it and not get attacked from behind by a bounty hunter, you know? It's like the episode of South, the World of Warcraft episode of South Park. It's like, if we just kill, like, two billion of these pigs, <laughs> right. and we'll have enough experience to take it down. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Because they couldn't, you know, there were, in the game, there was, there was like, hot spots of, uh, you know, useful things to grind, to kill. You get the most experience, and they're not very dangerous. You know, the uh-huh. the uh, RNG, as we call it, the random number generator in uh, Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes, was very real in Star Wars Galaxies, and it was very unbalanced. I mean, you could encounter a random nest of this creature, and the power level of it is just completely random and could just decimate you. And if it kills you as a Jedi, it may be permanent death for you, you know, you, you or at least it scales back your abilities and you could eventually die. So, yeah, definitely intense. That's crazy. Yeah, I, I guess it's kind of cool in the way that if, you know, it's weird that you, you work so hard to get to this, get to the stage of being a Jedi, and then you don't even get to, like, enjoy it because you have to hide it the whole time so you don't <laughs> yeah. die. But it, it just kind of reminds me of, like, just being, a, what it would be like being a Jedi after Order 66, right. you know, like, like I was telling, like, Jedi Fallen Order, how I was mentioning that earlier, that your your protagonist is hiding his abilities as much as he can for as long as he can, same with, like, Obi-Wan mm-hmm. or Ezra. Or Kane and all these characters, like, well, I can use the Force, but I really yeah. shouldn't right now because I'm probably gonna get killed if someone finds out who I am. Right? Yeah, so, you don't want a target on your back. Absolutely. I don't know if that was intentional in their design of the game, but I guess it's kind of cool that it manifested itself that yeah. way. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So you you never complete. You, sadly, you never became a Jedi no. in the game. <laughs> although you know that probably would have been in a monster to accomplish so what what's something you were super proud of like some like your peak accomplishment you feel like that you're the most proud of in that game um you know there was there was two things that's not your question but i guess um if you're all right i'll give you two things <laughs> go, with okay. it, go with it <laughs> but probably um one of the coolest things early on for pvp that that i did in one of my one of the guilds i was in um I was I was in a di- I made an uh you know alternate account um separate from the one I was in the Shadow Empire so I remade I made a new mm-hmm. character on a, a European server and um, joined a PVP guild uh, with a bunch of Swedish dudes um, called the Red Devils um, it was R E Devils I don't know why they spelled it like that maybe a Swedish thing whatever but um, <laughs> we were again just a really high end PVP guild um, even more so than the previous guild like just yeah we we dressed up a certain way we had like uniforms and stuff in the game and um it was a lot of fun but one thing we did we actually um we developed a tournament style um of pvp so pvp in this game um for for those who may not know was not structured like it is in most games that you see now um the pvp in this game was exclusively um, created by players 
Um, you could you could declare yourself as an overt imperial or an overt rebel, and then you were you could then be attacked by people of the opposing opposing faction, and um, it kind of spread like a disease almost. If you were to attack somebody who was um, been declared, you know, the, the appropriate faction or the opposite faction, then if you attack them, then you are now overt. So it just spreads. So like, that's how these fights would, would occur. People would just go overt and then go into a, into a certain planet or a certain city and just have these huge wars. So, you know, most of the PVP in the game was, was random because, you know, you just saw people and people would start fighting, you know, that's, it's, it was really kind of mm-hmm. cool. It was, it was like a, like a schoolyard or something, I guess, but, you know, a Star Wars game, so nobody's actually getting hurt. But, um, so what we did is we structured tournaments where we'd had like 3v3, so, you know, our three players versus another guild's three players, and we'd do it at a certain time at this certain city at this certain location, and we do 5v5, and we recorded them, um, and I think they're on YouTube, actually, um, but that was a lot of fun. Oh. It was a, a really cool concept. It felt industrious, you know, it's nothing that uh, the game encouraged us to do like it was just something that our guild leadership had come up with and um right. it was a lot of fun i'd be yeah i mean that's cool i'd be super hesitant to be doing pvp matches when it's oh yeah <laughs> it's like that's like all right guys you know the rules no attacking after someone hits five <laughs> right <HP. laughs> yeah well the way um uh death worked in that game was you would faint so if you if somebody was brought to uh-huh. um you know zero health in any of the they have like health action and mind those were the three health bars that you had if you uh, were brought to zero in any of those health pools, you fell incapacitated or, you know, you essentially fainted. Um, at that point, the person who killed you or made you faint would have to come over to you and then hit the death blow button. Like people had macros oh, and stuff. Okay. So, um, But people did that still all the time. And Ooh. the type of vengeance that you would feel, you know, after you get death blowed by somebody, you're like, oh, my gosh, you just destroyed my armor or my weapons like you you develop like legitimate animosity towards people or you could <laughs> so, right yeah it was real so the second thing i did um that was really cool is again on my alternate account i created um it was a bounty or sorry it was a, a master swordsman and a master doctor so um it was a really resilient character that did heavy damage so you could heal yourself and just deal out heavy damage with a two-handed hammer um, so it's a really cool profession, lots of different options. You could use a scythe, you could use, um, you know, like a, just a big two-handed sword. I use this, they called it a uh, power hammer. And it's just this massive two-handed mm-hmm. hammer that you could beat stuff up with. So um, I actually soloed, I took down a crate dragon by myself, um, which was wow. a lot of fun. I just, you know, it took a long time. I think it took like 45 minutes and my armor started to break mid-fight. Um, but I downed it and got all of the loot to myself, which was really cool. But yeah, that was probably my two biggest accomplishments. Nice. So again, going just going back to tattooing. That's that's yeah. all because I'm assuming that's where you fire your yeah, crate Absolutely. Right? Yep. Nice. So uh, another story. I think I'm pretty sure you told it on your podcast. I, I honestly don't remember much mm-hmm. about it, but part of the game is you could build structures oh, anywhere. Yeah. And I remember you having a very interesting <laughs> story about like building up on like top of a hill or something like that. Yeah. So um, my first guild, we um, we were you know from. Uh, uh, Bestine, and we were in close proximity to the the anchor anchorhead, which is a huge rebel stronghold. So in the game, um, your guild could, uh, or certain players could accumulate faction points uh, from doing various missions for the appropriate faction. So we were imperial, so we earned a ton of imperial faction points, 
and you could buy different things. You could actually buy an ATST and you know sick it on people and stuff, um, which was super sweet. Um, or you could eventually, if you got enough faction points, you could buy uh, your own base. So that's what we did. We we placed this. We bought this base, this massive base, and we set it directly south of Anchorhead. You could actually see it. You could see the city from our base, and it was on the hill, like I was talking about on the game. Um, and that was another really awesome thing about the game is is every single server was completely unique as far as the the architecture you know what where people designed to place structures um you know you couldn't place a structure in the you know the complete you know the middle of a, a huge npc city or anything like that there was you know there right. was like uh, zones that you could build in and not build in but um so that was one of the really cool things about it so we placed this imperial base directly south of this rebel stronghold and it just it just created this atmosphere of just mayhem and PvP all the time. And the cool thing about the bases were that the base is just, you know, just a pretty basic base, you know, four walls essentially. But uh-huh. and in the middle, you have like a command center where um, it goes down a few floors even. And there's even, you know, uh, Imperial troopers that are inside of the base. And for the enemy to try and def- like conquer your base or defeat it, it's only vulnerable at a certain time. So they have like an hour window where they can defeat the base. And in order to defeat it, they have to infiltrate the base. They have to get down in there. And then they need four different specific um, professions in order to like slice the terminal to destroy it. So a lot of things have to fall into place. So and and the professions right. were very obscure. Like some of them were normal. Like I think you needed a bounty hunter. No problem. But then there was there was a bioengineer. You had to be a bioengineer, and like nobody was a bioengineer. They could create creatures and all different types of things. But so yeah, you needed like the right kinds of professions at the right time with enough firepower to break into the base. Um, but it was it was so much fun. It just created. It was very much a sandbox mode. So you know we created this PvP environment, and pretty much nonstop the rebels would be charging down from the hill. They would all just be coordinated and just like kind of charge at the base, and we would just slaughter them senselessly because uh, <laughs> we were just a high end PvP guild. And, uh, you know, they were like farmers with pitchforks trying to take us out, and we were just decimating right. them. It was a lot of fun. That's crazy. <laughs> like, it's just so, it's so insane to me that a game that came out in 2003 gave you the ability to just like build structures right. almost wherever, almost wherever you wanted, like within reason. Yes. Like, and you like we really I feel like we really just started to see those kind of games come up again in the past five or so years with like I like games like Ark Survival Evolved or uh Rust or Daisy or stuff like that. But you know, a game that came out in two thousand three, it's like, yeah, just build your base like wherever. Yeah, I mean you could you know? build people had just players interact with that world. Yeah, it was it was nuts. I mean, there was people that built entire cities. Um, a lot of guilds would have their own cities, so they'd have their own spaceport, they'd have you know, shops, um, they'd have vendors, um, they decorate everything. I mean, the, the amount of data and, um, I mean, no wonder the game was laggy because most MMOs that I'm aware of have, and most games that you just play online now have instances where, you know, it's just, it's a limited sample size. So if there's, there's 10 total players, they're all in one instance in one essentially like mini server. And I am not right, I'm right. tech illiterate, so if uh, <laughs> if I sound like a dummy here, it's because I don't know what I'm really what I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah, <laughs> here I think I, I I think I can help with that. Just like uh, a really easy way for me to 
uh, describe it is with the game Destiny. I mm-hmm. used to play that quite a bit back in the day. It's like if you have, if you let's say, go to Earth. Earth. Every map is more or less like a giant circuit. Like really, when you break it down, it's just a big mm-hmm. loop, and then it's partitioned off into little like pie pieces. And if you're in that loop, you load everyone around you in that loop, but you are in that pie slice, but you don't load the rest right. of the loop. So I'm only loading like. 10% of the map, and if I go to a different slice, I'm probably going to lose the players behind me. Even if we go together, we're loading into different instances, just however the server can handle it best. Yeah, exactly, and, so. that, and that's a smart way to do it, too, for, for World of Warcraft. Mm-hmm. I mean, the most successful MMO, I think, at this point, pretty handedly, but that's how they, they made their game, which came out conveniently, you know, pretty much right when Star Wars Galaxies was dying. Um, you know, mm-hmm. World, World of Warcraft came out, and you know, that was where I think the game, uh, part of the reason why the game started to decline was, you know, there was a lot of issues. It was so ambitious, so ambitious that, um, you know, they had so many, so many different ideas and great ideas, but the execution, you know, oftentimes fell short because they just bit off a lot more than they could chew, I think. Right. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's hard when you, ha- when you're literally building a galaxy. Right to uh, make all that work. And there was no instances. I mean, the only instance you would have is it was like on a planet by planet basis, you know? So if uh-huh. you were on Naboo, you were sharing like you were talking about the circuit with every everybody, every CPU, every person, every person place or thing is all sharing the same circuit. So, right. Yeah, inevitably things got bogged down and unplayable. Things went missing, you know, you just see some random stuff. You'd see a random, like, bowl floating in the air. You're like, what? what is this? Because you could decorate your house immaculately. You could have, you know, uh, animal skins. Um, you could have different types of tables. I mean, there was entire professions that could make home furnishings. And there were stores that, that, where people sold these things, like, super in-depth. It's, it's crazy to think about. Right. So one thing you mentioned how like guilds built cities and had their own spaceports. Uh, something I found interesting when I was kind of doing a little more research on this game is that when it first came out, you didn't have ships. Yeah. Like for the first, I think they said it's like they announced it before the game came out that they were coming, but you didn't have ships for the first six months of the game or something like that. So did you like when you finally got to that point? Did you have like a ship that was meaningful to you, or was like? You just kind of like got your Tie Fighter and rolled with that. I never something. played ships. I um yeah okay. I I left the game before um you could play them. Um the jump to light speed was the introduction of ships in the game, and I had pieced out before then. Unfortunately, I I did hear that it was a lot of fun to play though the ship the ship portion of the game I heard was really good. I guess yeah it's always you know you obviously didn't stick around to the end of the game but it's always tough to see these kind of big experience games go away uh like how did you kind of make your peace with leaving do you have any like just kind of get to the point where you couldn't do it anymore yeah like i i had the time you know at the time in my life i didn't have a whole lot going on but um actually i looked up, i looked it up in a- april of 2005 the soe uh, sony online entertainment came out with this this big overhaul is called the combat upgrade. And the idea behind it was it was a major revamping and rewriting of the entire Star Wars Galaxy's combat armor and weapon system, um, which it probably sounded good in theory. And they've even admitted to this um, in subsequent interviews that it was a stupid idea, um, ultimately, because it drove a ton of people away from the game. Um, basically what they did is they, they overhauled the entire combat system. So this combat system you're familiar with, you love, 
I, there was nobody going, man, this combat system sucks. Like, I wish they would change it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but they came in, and I, I'm assuming it probably was was more rooted in maybe like an infrastructure change, you know, trying to make the game more stable and probably made more sense maybe from a coding perspective or something. But, you know, they completely over you know overhauled the the health bar, um, the way that combat interacted, and it just it just seemed like I was playing a different game. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, it just it lost a lot of that for me. And then the the lag too, you know, the the PvP was at off, oftentimes unplayable. It was just so laggy and jumpy. And and then World of Warcraft had come out um, right around that time, and that's when I jumped ship, which is unfortunate. Right? Do you ever like ever keep contact with any of your old like guildmates? Yeah. That you were close so with, actually, um, one guy um, that I was in the with my alt uh, that that Swedish guild is a guy from England. Mm-hmm. Um, he actually, when I was playing, came to my house. He was he was visiting America, um, and wow. he came to our house and we hung out for a weekend. He stayed with us, um, hung out with him for you know, I don't know, three days or so, and and then. Um, he bought us beer underaged. Um, <laughs> we were underaged nice. at the time. <laughs> we had a good time, you know. We were just hanging out, and and then uh, yeah, I still I'm still friends with him, like on social media and stuff, and stay stay in touch. And um, one of my my best friends' brothers had played the game. We didn't play it together, but um, it, he had a completely different experience than I did with the game, and he loved it. He played it way more than I did, and he loved it um, just as much. So still talk to him as well. Nice. Yeah, like, I feel like I kind of missed the boat on a lot of that, like, really heavy, like, online interaction with gaming. Like, I, like you know, I feel like at this, like, for most of my history with online games is just playing with my, like, IRL friends mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Like, really, Galaxy of Heroes for me is kind of, like, the biggest, like, I've actually, like, you know, stepped into the community and like, kind of got more involved with that. Like, you know, I got you guys now and my the guild I'm involved with on my main account. So yeah, the, yeah, it's kind of the community's super cool. I mean, for, you know, I have a pretty, um, a pretty vast experience with a lot of different uh, online communities and, and different games. And honestly, I, I would put the star Wars galaxy of heroes. I would say it is, it is the best community of, of gamers that I've, I've ever played with. Um, hands down. I mean, mm-hmm. just, as far as people being respectful, um, the intelligence level, the the varying backgrounds, um, you know, there's all kinds of people that play this game, and you don't right. see that in a lot of other games. And I think it's I think it is for a reason. Um, you know, World of Warcraft, the fan base for that game, gosh, some of the most insufferable, disgusting stuff you'd ever see in your life in chat in in trade chat they would call or general chat, which then became trade chat and just awful, just right, just disgusting, terrible people. I mean, to be fair, Galaxy of Heroes also has its fair share of pretty terrible yeah. people, but you know, as a whole, I feel like if you find your if you find your niche, you can you know get a nice, cool group of people to play. Yeah, with. for sure. Yeah, so. it's not perfect. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I I would say like like even like. I've played Overwatch. I played that pretty competitively for a while. I mean, the stuff you hear mm-hmm. in chat rooms and things, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm, pl- I'm literally playing with a bunch of 11-year-olds. And not even just age, but just the people, you're just like, gosh, these are some real degenerates. <laughs> I, I don't... Yeah, I think I think the worst one for me re- recently was Mordhau. Oh, okay. I didn't you, know. You played no, that? I haven't heard about that game. It was like a medieval com- combat game, like, you know, knights and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And it was just like, the chat was always like just like a never ending just stream of like yeah. racial slurs and stuff like that. I'm like, 
I'm like, can I just like get exactly. rid of this? Like, That's how World of Warcraft. <laughs> I just want to swing some sword <laughs> right? at people. That's how World of Warcraft was too. It's like it just was a horrible. It was an awful community, and maybe part of it was yeah. you know you they were sort of in the infancy stages of you know ooh, I'm online, I can say whatever I want to say, but at the same time, right? I don't know, man. But yeah, this community, Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes community, is by far my favorite, and um, I think it's super cool. Mm-hmm. Like meeting you and having you on our show multiple times and now being on your show it's it's a really cool thing and uh i'm appreciative of it yeah it's a lot of fun and it's like i feel like just the the amount of like people that are like really down to earth like just like kind of like ignoring like that let's say like the top three it'd be with with the exception yeah. of them like the fact that like Zareth or you know people like him would like just like pop into other discords and just you know, you can at him at any time. He's just going to hop in and say hi and give his two cents on whatever you're talking about. Like, yeah, that's super cool. Yeah, 100%. I think, I think everybody gets a lot out of it. You know, the community is – it's not mm-hmm. – to me, it just se- it seems very real, you know. Like, Zareth doesn't have to do that kind of stuff, you know, of the Gambit podcast. Right. Like, he doesn't need to pop in and do that kind of – that those kinds of things. And, like, I feel like our Discord, there's just a lot of good organic discussion on it and – and I see it, I mean, more often in, on bigger Discord channels as well. Just, you know, it's not, what, what does somebody benefit from just talking for no reason in, in these, you know, it, it just comes right. off as very genuine and I, I really like it. Yeah, definitely been a lot of fun and uh, I've, I've enjoyed, I'm I'm happy that I got back into this community because it's a, like Galaxy Heroes, I downloaded probably like, I don't know, maybe like 2016. So I'm like, oh, cool. It's a game on my phone that's Star Wars. I had no idea what I'm doing. I still have the like I still have the same account from that that point. I picked it up probably again last November maybe. Uh and that's when I started listening to you guys and I like finally like hit level 85 but like no idea what I was doing. My 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 first gear 12 was Tarkin and he has a Zeta <laughs> so like if that tells you anything. That's a lot. It's a cool character. I made some poor decisions. <laughs> yeah, he's he's really cool. I was like I was like, "Oh, so his his special does more damage with potency and this zeta gives him more potency so that's like cool let's yeah, do it all right yeah, yeah. Like, we've oh, all God. made poor decisions but yeah <laughs> yeah i mean like dark it zated mag and <laughs> right. magna guard and you know we, we all we all have done things where i'm proud yep. of so do you have anything else like you want to say before we kind of close things out no man I, I love talking about star wars galaxies i could honestly talk about it for forever um you know actually what i'm gonna do i'm a part of the if it's cool i'm part of a facebook group that does the emulator um and yeah uh, i'll link this i'll link this podcast um to that and if uh if for any reason they're listening what's up (laughs) yeah awesome so yeah well yeah i really appreciate you coming on tonight uh before we head out yeah just make sure you check out galaxy of bureaus you guys got Instagram and Twitter at Galaxy of Bureaus. Uh, you started YouTube and Twitch. Well, yeah, you've been YouTubing, streaming your podcast for probably a couple yeah. months now, right? But you just got you guys got into Twitch recently with doing like GAC and stuff like that. And uh, they have a really cool Discord channel, which is probably the easiest way for people to find that is your Instagram. Yeah, right? we have the link in our in our Instagram profile um, there. Right. And you've been on a crazy <laughs> slew of interviews. It feels like you've been on like oh, just about every single like galaxy or galaxy hero show i feel like in the past yeah it's been nuts um it's just i don't know it's been lining up that way um but it's been fun been a, met a lot of cool people and and made some new friendships like i mean this community is just awesome i mean everybody i've every show yeah. i've been on it's just it's just been it's it's been i feel like the honor has been mine you know it's, it's very cool 
you know, you guys are you guys are really doing some good stuff over there. So, uh, you know, if anyone's listening to this at this point, uh, go check out Galaxy of Heroes, uh, Darth Darkit, and uh, Brick Hard Me right there, uh, right here, run that, and it's uh, it's a <laughs> lot of fun. Even if you're not, I would say even if you're not a Star Wars fan, or sorry, if you're not a Star Wars fan, you, you know, <laughs> I'm sorry, but if you're if you're not a Galaxy of Heroes gaming fan, I think it's still worthwhile. You guys have a lot of fun stuff going on, whether it's talking about beer, or talking about the Clone Wars, yeah. I know how oh, much you yeah, love the Clone you know, Wars. <laughs> yeah, we're doing a uh, we, we're doing a chronolo- chronological. I'll never say it right. A chronological viewing of all Star Wars content right now. Um, so it's not mm-hmm. an every every podcast type of thing, but um, now we're we're on to season five of the Clone Wars, and I like the Clone Wars. I just I find there's a lot of downtime in it, and you know, very like off episodes that. And gosh, there's so many. Twenty two episodes of anything. I think. Um, I'm going to be burnt out by the end of that. Well, if it makes you feel any better, uh, five is the last full I, season. I see so. there's light at the end of the tunnel for me. I've heard, <laughs> I've heard that. So Yeah, five is five is the last full season. Six is short and is like two-thirds good. And then seven is short and is two-thirds incredible. One-third Okay, okay, bad, that's so. good. I'm looking forward to it. You, you can, I, I, I believe in you <laughs> at this point. All right. Well, you know what, Brick, thanks for joining me. Uh, like I said, check out Galaxy Bureaus. They do a lot of fun stuff over there. And uh, yeah, appreciate Anytime. you coming on. Appreciate it. So thanks again to Brick Hardmeat for joining me for this episode. It was a whole lot of fun. And uh, I hope you I hope you guys enjoyed our conversation. Uh, thanks to everyone for listening, of course. If you liked what you heard, check me out on Twitter and Instagram at SpicedInPod. You can find me on Patreon. Uh, the spiceden.com is the best resource to find all of my information and uh, yeah, read some articles, check out book reviews, all that stuff. Uh, I hope you enjoyed. Uh, thanks as always to Graham Bull for providing the music for this show. And as always, may the force be with you. Mm-hmm.